0: and also what I would say is that you know the argue, the same argument can be made that Joel makes a a bigger impact on the defensive side as well outside of what Jokic does that's great so that, 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 that can be a another another uh, you know nod towards Embiid as well so you can go either way for me because they're both having that great of seasons but I would still give the slight nod to Joel Embiid
1: Opulent Inventory, our proud partners here on the show. Now you can finally have the Apple product times the Apple guys. That's right. From AirPods to iPhones to MacBooks to Apple Watches to trade-ins and much more. Now you can have the Apple product of your dreams. Promo code podcast gets you 20% off. That's right. 20% off on any Apple item. Visit Opulent Inventory. Nash and Guardian. Those are great guys on all social media platforms and on Instagram. Now, let's head back to the show. We are back here inside Studios D, the Sebi podcast radio show, inside here of our TNC studios. <clears throat> Myself and my ride partner, Michael Gray, back at it again. We take a two-week layoff, Mike. It's, it's been a while. It feels like it's been eternity for everything that's been going on right now. But we're back. We're better. We're better than ever. Are you, I, I. Somebody told me you're back in the
0: DMV area, back in where the roots came from. Yeah, I was at the time the last weekend. I was, you know, I went to go visit some family. Went to Charlotte, North Carolina this past weekend to see my my brothers. Then I stopped by on the way back up to Jersey. I stopped by the DMV on Mother's Day to see my mother, or grandmother. You know, see some family and stuff like that. So, you know, it was good energy. I was there for the weekend, but I'm back in I'm back in Jersey now. You know, we we still up here in the tri-state. What's going on, brother? Everything's good. We got some good weather up here too.
1: Good, good, very good, very good weather here. Everything is well. I treated my mom as well. Full spa day treatment. You know, that's always Ooh, good for the okay. mom so, from head to toe. So she worked hard. So, you know, sometimes got to got to treat the mother, man. We, we we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. So uh, fun times. Um, nothing but good vibes and good love over here.
0: Yeah, I saw a lot of good energy this past weekend for the queens and the ladies, you know, of our earth. So it was uh, it, it was good to see for sure.
1: Good to see there for sure. Fun, filled, packed action, Mike. Um, uh, Today in today's. Episode of our show. Uh let, let's quickly start off with the NFL. The okay. NFL on who, on what's been going on with the latest news. We'll talk about the scheduling uh that released last night by NFL Networks, networks uh um, analysts last night. But let's start off with some of the biggest news. Let, and let's start off with my state, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Mike. Now we know Urban Meyer is at helm. Not only he's the coach, but he's the GM. And so he makes all the calls. He's the shot caller. We know know what type of resume Urban Meyer has. 3 times national championship, two times with the Gators, once with Ohio State. Um, We know what type of coach of the year he is. A record in in a collegiate career, Mike, 90 and 19. 90 wins, only 19 loss. I mean, we we understand what Urban Meyer represents um, as a coach. And he's making that transition to the pro game now. He has the number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, here. But most people are kind of scratching their heads, Mike, as to why he's bringing in Tim Tebow. Why is he bringing in Tim Tebow, a 33-year-old Tim Tebow? Now we understand the the, the, the resume that these guys had. Two national championships in Florida, 06 and 08. We know um, probably one of the more storied college uh, teams of the early 2000 decades. They were all part of the decade team. Um, you talk about Tim Tebow in that in that Gators team, Brandon Spikes, Aaron Hernandez, Percy Harvin. The list goes on, but a 33 year old uh, uh, Tim Tebow now playing tight end it's kind of had people in Duval County scratching their heads, Mike.
0: Yeah, yeah, it has. You've heard, I've heard all the angles. I've heard the angles of why is he getting the opportunity over some of the other other brothers that that that, that, that could potentially get into that spot. Uh, uh, why didn't Why didn't he potentially uh, uh, choose this route to go when they when he was playing quarterback and and he had an opportunity to switch his position back then when he was in his prime? He decided not to do it, but he does it ten years later. I've heard all the different narratives and all the different uh, perspectives on why Tim on on people's opinions on Tim Tebow joining the Jacksonville Jaguars. Me personally, I feel like it was nothing more than uh, one of the biggest marketing moves out there. I mean, when you think about Tim Tebow and what he means to that Florida area. Not only back back then, but still now to this day, the, the history that he has with Urban Meyer, this was enough to bring a nice buzz to Jacksonville. You see what they're doing. They got the number one pick, and they got their quarterback. They're trying, they're trying to, to fill up on. the seats,
1: Mike. <laughs> they got they
0: got Travis right. They got Travis Etienne, his his teammate. So they and then you you add a Tim Tebow to that mix. Not only are you trying to fill up seats, you're just bringing you're trying to bring that juice back to Jacksonville, which is something we haven't seen for a few years. So it's 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 a. Uh, it's, it's a lot going on. Then I was saying you got some of the defenders coming back this year. This Tim Tebow move is is another marketing move. It's another move to bring the the, the, the fans into the seats, bring that buzz back to Jacksonville. That's the biggest take I have from it. and that's what stood out to me the most because um we know Tim Tebow loves the game of football. He's always loved the game of football, but we always question whether or not this would, would, would be a good time to do it. Right now, now if he's in shape and, and the Jacksonville Jaguars feel like this is his moment and he's he's the right guy for this opportunity at tight end, then so be it. But to me, this was more so um, of a marketing move and more so of to fill seats in that in that stand for Jacksonville. And to be honest with you, because we're talking about it so much, it, it already looks like it's been a success.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it, a couple things. You know, I, I'm I'm just gonna bring this up. It took a while and it took a lot of conflictions, a lot of talking. A, a lot of management talks. You got to go through publicists for Des Bryant to get back to the league, right? Colin Kaepernick has yet has gone back into the league. And and Roger Goodell has actually publicly come out, Mike, and said that he apologizes for the way that he mishandled that situation. And, you know, the, the biggest thing in, you know, retrospecting on your mistakes in the past is acknowledgement. And Roger Goodell has done that. And and I give him some props for that. But, hey, there's – there, there was no hurdles for Tim Tebow to come back to the league. You know, that's just something to think about, something to think about. But from uh, an on-the-field perspective, Mike, this is what I take from this. Obviously, Tim Tebow's Urban's guy. We get it, right? This is Urban's guy. He's looking out for his guy, giving him another shot in the league, in the NFL. What better way for Tim Tebow to come back to the league with somebody that he already has cohesion with? And then with the number one overall pick in Trevor Lawrence, we know that Tim Tebow covers the SEC football and obviously college football as a whole, he got a chance to see a lot of Trevor Lawrence games, call a lot of Trevor Lawrence games for all of those ESPN networks and Disney that he works for. So I I think that both Trevor and Urban had something to do with this um, as in terms of bringing in Tim Tebow and talking to management to do that. But here's my problem. Here's my problem, Mike. Tim Tebow, 33 years old, right? This is what I see they're trying to make Tim Tebow uh uh, uh uh like Taysom Hill that's that's what i see right you play him in, in at the tight end right all, all, although we know Taysom Hill plays running back sometimes he plays out wide in the slot and sometimes he plays quarterback but this is what this is what i see what what in urban Myers offense projecting this is what i see they're wanting to make tim tebow something that he's not and he's not at at this age of his career he's not Taysom Hill right he's not Taysom. The Taysom Hill is your Swiss army knife guy he'll 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 tackle you on special teams he'll be one of the gunners on special teams he'll play running back at at some uh, possessions of the game he'll flank out wide in the slot he'll even run some stuff on quarterback now Tim Tebow may still be able to fling that football but is he still able to play tight end is he still able to be a guy where you can run some gadget plays with Trevor Lawrence under center and have uh, Tim Tebow in the backfield with you to kind of disguise some some plays? This is what I see. They want to mimic and want to do some Taysom Hill type of guy. And I'm not sure that that's going to work in Jacksonville. 33-year-old Tim Tebow is not now what 30-year-old Taysom Hill is. And I'm pretty sure Taysom Hill is a, a little bit faster. It's something to say, Mike. Tim Tebow hasn't put in pads on in 20, since 2015. Five years, right? For you to get up back up to the speed of the NFL, taking those hits that he hasn't taken over five years, I, I don't know. I, I just question this move. They're trying to make him to something that he's not, and they're trying to mirror him to this gadget, Swiss Army Knife guy like a Taysom Hill, to play some running back packages, to play some quarterback packages, blink him out wide as a tight end. It's, it, it, it got me thinking, Mike, and I had some real thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, so you so you
1: see him being more so uh, of a specialist,
0: brother, as a uh, every down tight end.
1: Right, 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 right. I see him as as a maybe a, a not a not a three three down tight end for sure. Um, although he's got the girth and the size to block, but Tim Tebow has never played tight end in college, high school, uh, uh, Pop Warner, and, and definitely in the pros. So it's got me concerned. I I don't think that they're gonna put him. In, in the tight end, if they flink them out in the tight end, it's probably for some third down packages, Mike, where they're trying to run some uh third down and short plays, or maybe some uh in the red zone, they're trying to use Tim Tebow as a disguise to get guys like DJ Chark and, and some of these speedsters out wise that they have, DD Westbrook and those guys. That's what I see, right. Tim Tebow coming in. That's that's what I see.
0: Okay, now your I, thoughts I, on it. I, Okay, I okay, I see, I see where you're going with that. Oh, uh, the only difference I would say with them in a, the Colin Kaepernick situation is that Tim Tebow didn't sue the NFL and then try to get his job back. That's the only thing I, I agree with. I mean, I understand that Colin Kaepernick uh, took the sacrifice and took the knee and anything. But, but 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 can you really can you really see yourself going to get it, going to try to work for the same people that you tried to sue? Yeah, no, because I, 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 me personally, I, I can't. I can but, do but, it. But, oh. I, mean, I I I know I know I couldn't do it. So that's the only difference I would say between that situation and the Tim Tebow and, and Tim Tebow situation. But still, all in all, this uh this this move this move is very questionable and in, in, in a lot of people's eyes, rightfully so, because of the gap in between the last time Tim Tebow played an NFL game, and you and it's so hard to just come back out of out of that situation when it's other guys that are more fresh, more ready for an opportunity like that. So I definitely see the scrutiny and the, the 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 lack of understanding of where where his his opportunity came from based on everybody else's but um apparently it's something Jacksonville sees as, as an opportunity and like I said I feel like it's more marketing
1: yeah definitely and obviously he's gonna have to prove it to them too because he's on a one year deal that one year deal isn't guaranteed so yeah, a lot of things absolutely. to uh, to see if he can show out in training camps and OTAs for the team in Duval County that is the Jacksonville Jaguars uh from. Jacksonville, we go way up north to Wisconsin and Green Bay where we know that what Ted Thompson and the uh, Packers organization has done to Aaron Rodgers is malpractice, Mike. Uh, All these years, all these years in Green Bay, it kind of reminded me kind of like what Peyton had to face with the Colts all those years in the Dome in Indianapolis, right? Only one great year when they had Bob Sanders, Dwight Freeney, and Robert Mathis. (laughs) And that year, they actually won the Super Bowl. But ever since, Mike, they haven't really paired a great defense around Aaron Rodgers, never given the necessary weapons. At least Peyton can say, I had Reggie Wayne. I had Marvin Harrison. I had Dallas Clark. Well, Edron James. Pey- Aaron can't really say that. And now the trust and the loyalty factor between Green Bay management and Aaron is fragile, Mike, because he wants out. He doesn't trust him because they picked a quarterback last year when he, he they knew that he needed weapons on the outside, right? And now Aaron wants out. And so right. when you're in the elephant in the room like this sometimes it's like okay well if you're not going to do anything I'm going to do something for myself. So he publicly goes to the management publicly puts it out says that he wants out. And so now you, you see Green Bay, you can't tell me Green Bay's better without Aaron Rodgers. Take listen to this Mike. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers stats a career all time. He's 416 touchdowns, right? 416 touchdowns to 91 interceptions that's in his 16 seasons in the NFL under center for the Green Bay Packers 416 TDs to 91 interceptions might I remind you Mike that's a 4 to 1 in inter- a touchdown to interception ratio yep that's a 4 to 1 only guy in history to ever do that is Dan Marino and so mm-hmm. Green Bay is going to it's hard for me to to fathom that Green Bay will let a guy like that walk through the door like it, it's 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 unbelievable and, and you heard some of the comments, Mike, Aaron going out on Twitter saying that, you know, the GM is, is toxic. He reminds him of Jerry Krause, what he did with, with you know, the last dance and the, the Bulls of the 90s and, and, and not pairing him up and giving him necessary weapons. Well, as bad as Jerry Krause was, Mike, Jerry Krause wasn't letting, you know, Michael Jordan walk out the door in his prime. Aaron Rodgers is still in his prime, uh, at least as bad as Jerry was. With the Bulls in the 90s, he still made moves to make Pippen and Jordan relevant and to be able to compete for championships, bringing in Dennis Rodman, bringing in Ron Harper. Hey, that can't be said for for, uh, the GM, for the Packers. So when you hear things like this, Mike, it's one thing that a guy wants out. But another thing when he says that, I believe our GM is toxic and reminds me of Jerry Krause. That's another thing, Mike. And there's really something going behind
0: those doors that we don't
1: know about in Lambeau.
0: Yeah, it lets you know, it let, like you said, it lets you know that, you know, the relationship is deep into football. You know, this is something that Aaron Rodgers has been publicly talking about and voicing his opinion on for the past few years. And uh, at some point, we all reach a boiling point and a breaking point. And, you know, to, to piggyback, to address your point about, you know, the weapons that he's had and stuff like that, he can say that after the Super Bowl, because during that Super Bowl era, he had five All Star receivers. Yes. And you really think about the Hall of Famers that he had on his: Greg Jennings, Donald Driver, Jordy Nelson. Oh my God! Uh, uh, JerMichael Finley. I mean, that year after he won the Super Bowl, I mean, I mean, he he had some of the best weapons in the league. I and mean, when they went fifteen and one, he was tearing the league up. It was it was unbelievable what he was doing with the weapons that he had. So, yeah, it was, it's been a, it's been. But you're right. It's been about a seven. About a seven to eight-year stretch, where weapon-wise, from receiver position, he'll have one top receiver, and then that's and then that that's about it as far as uh true true outside threat weapon. So I agree, I agree with you on that on that perspective. And and lack of a running game over the years, uh, just the last couple of years really got their defense intact and and started to get a sharp enough defense to compete at that level. So 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 now, now you're starting to build it up, but at the same time you still don't have that. Other receiver to go up instead of Devontae Adams, and that's something he's been voicing for quite some time. And maybe he has reached that boiling point. It's now to the point where, okay, <clears throat> either make a decision or I'm out. I mean, and, and and I have enough juice and power and cash to to force my way out. But I'm telling you right now, it's a couple of teams I could potentially see Aaron Rodgers go to. Sebby. <laughs> the one one team that really jumps out to me all the way is the Washington Redskins. Yeah, he was to find his way in Washington D.C. and go to the excuse me the Washington Football Team. Man, oh man! With the weapon, with the team that they have coming up, with the defense that they have, with instant, the, the instant, them, instant contenders in the oh NFC. Man. That, that, that that would that would scare me as a Giants fan, uh, knowing knowing that, that Aaron Rodgers is right there in my division. I got to play him twice. So that that right there would be one of the one of the key pieces, other than Denver and, uh, and some other spots and stuff like that. But Washington makes the most sense as far as where he would go if he was to get out of Green Bay. But you have to believe like Green Bay could not think in their wildest dreams that they would be a better team. Without Aaron Rodgers, he is the franchise. He's been carrying this franchise for the last twelve years since he's been a starter, and it'd be, it'd be, it'd be my, almost malpractice, my like you said, to to get rid of him now. But but the but the relationship is fractured, so we'll see which angle they want to go. If it can be reconstructed, or if it's just too fractured to be to be uh to be repaired.
1: Yeah, and, and you made some good points, Mike. If he were to go to the Washington Football Team, first of all, they've got five five first round uh, draft picks in that in that front front seven. They were the best last year, second in sacks only to Pittsburgh. Obviously, uh, they create havoc. Chase Young and Aaron Rodgers, and you add Curtis Samuel. He can Man. speed up the development of Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson in the backfield. They would be instant NFC contenders. Now I'm not sure they'd be, still be the favorites, but boy, that 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 would be scary. Another team that pops up to my eyes, Mike, is is ironically the Raiders for some reason. You know, Aaron says that he wants a team that has weapons. And we know Vegas, as big as it is, Vegas wants to make the splash guys. They want the celebrities. What bigger name than you want to make a brand for yourself than Aaron Rodgers come to Vegas, right? You'd have have Henry Ruggs to take the top off of your defense. You would still also have Darren Waller, right? Darren Waller as an elite tight end in the NFL that we still have today. And, and and you also would have bring, uh, Josh Jacobs in the backfield. That wouldn't be a bad situation. Only thing is, Mike, you'd have to go from <laughs> you'd have to go from Ted Thompson and the Packers to now to John Gruden. So we'll, I'm not sure how that would work. But even if we asked Gruden, he'd make that move. So I, I think the Raiders are also a dark horse in this. And wouldn't we love this, Mike? Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, and Patrick Mahomes all in the AFC West twice a year. <laughs> Sign me up for that. Yeah, yeah not definitely, definitely, definitely
0: for sure. It'd be, it uh, it'd, it'd be special if he was to go to Vegas because Vegas actually has young weapons, and they, they're, they, 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 Vegas is one of those rare teams where, as you look at, you look at their roster, you look at the moments that they have on the field, and you wonder why their record is the way it is at the end of the season. You wonder that, Mike, because they've got talent, and their yeah. record doesn't equate to. I don't get it. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't equate to. In- You'll see them play, you'll see why, because you see play three strong quarters and not have the, 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 the quarterback play in the fourth quarter to close out most games or to compete with those high-level teams. And we saw it with Derek Carr. I mean, it's, 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 it, I feel like it's almost gotten to that point, and th- th- that would be a very interesting spot for Aaron Rodgers to go to. The reason why I was really intrigued by what you said about Vegas and what really uh, stuck out to me was the, the personalities of Aaron Rodgers and John Gruden being in the same locker room. Being on the same sideline on game day, that right there alone, those two personalities together, that that would be interesting to see how they would mesh, how they would work. So I did like like if he wasn't going to Vegas, I feel like that would be almost (laughs) must see TV just just to hear the conversations uh, between those two. Yeah, I I would agree, And,
1: and one thing I know as as lunatic as John Guten is the guy knows football and the mm-hmm. guy's a winner. He's a super bowl championship ch- champion with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know what I'm saying? Back in 02. right. Um, He made a move for Antonio Brown and gave him 30 mil. Can you imagine what he'd give in and Rogers and make a pull, pull a move for that. So I, I, one thing I know about him, he, he's not afraid to to be a shot caller. He's also um, part GM with Mike Mayock with, with the Raiders and they're not afraid to make moves and pull triggers. So, He's, he's an aggressive coach, and that that I respect with him. Only thing is, is that cohesion because <laughs> it's not easy uh, coaching an alpha like Aaron Rodgers, who's also right. a future a Hall of Famer. So that that continuity would be interesting, but yeah. don't count out the Raiders for this. It's funny, Mike. I remember we were at a Guru's show a few weeks ago, and we were talking um, football, and I mentioned that I, 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 I paired up two sides. I paired up the chiefs and I paired up the 49ers. I said, I mentioned those three teams. They both were red. They both in the West, right? They both um, have aggressive and innovative, creative offensive guys that are coaches, Kyle Shanahan. And and also we know the legend that, that uh, Andy Reed is. And then of course they had two guys, Alex Smith and Jimmy G that are one year in and one year out. And then of course, they picked the successors, the hair appearance. Well, what do you know, Mike? Didn't I say that they were trying to get the next, quote-unquote, Patrick Mahomes? Look what they did with the third overall pick. They got Trey Lance. Now, yeah, Difference differences with Trey Lance, he's only played 318 snaps. I think he's still a development. And they say that his ceiling is Josh Allen rather than Patrick Mahomes. Well, that's not too far off because Josh Allen, I mean, he's got a in, of, of of an arm. The guy is huge, Mike the yeah. guy is huge when i tell you the guy is huge so if he can be anywhere like josh allen a poor if it's downside of josh allen and his ceiling is patrick mahomes then boy i think the 49ers might
0: have something yeah no you're definitely right and and, and when you think about the the revolution of the, the evolution excuse me of the quarterback position these these uh these these, these gunslingers with 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 huge mobility are starting to you know, add, add to the to the wave of of the, of the dual threat quarterbacks, and you, you're seeing it with the Josh Allen's, with the Patrick Mahomes, the guys like Trey Lance. These guys are gunslingers, man, and, and they 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 they're fun to watch. And Trey Lance is one of those guys that in San Francisco you're going to see him develop. You're going to see uh, the the creativity of Kyle Shanahan putting this guy in in great spots to be successful for this team, because with the with the gunslinging quarterback with the, with the uh, a few more, maybe uh, maybe one more piece or one more weapon outside to really scare the defenders. But the, this San Francisco team is not that far off, and with, with the with the with the young quarterback that's on the rise, that's willing to learn and willing to, and with his athletic ability, they 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 can be right back in the mix uh, this year.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with you as well. I mean, people tend to forget they were just in the Super Bowl two years ago, right? They get Nick Bosa back. They also get Eric Armstead back, so that that front four is still one of the best in the NFL. Along the the Steelers and the red and the formerly known Washington uh Washington football team um there and then they're gonna have to address some of the wide outs because Kendrick Bourne is gone Debo Samuels is probably the number one now so they probably need some weapons on the outside but boy they still got a stout offensive line and a stout running game the, the San Francisco is not going anywhere and wow, hey, the hey, best division of football
0: Exactly. And, and like you said, they were decimated with injuries last year. I mean, it, it, it usually works out like that. The team that loses the Super Bowl, the following year, they, they 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 usually don't follow up very well. And it's usually a a down year for them. And that's what it was for San Francisco. This is an opportunity for them to shake back, uh, regroup, have a full offseason back again, and, uh, and and come back strong this year with a new quarterback.
1: Yep, definitely, for sure. Quickly here, before we switch the uh, segment here, let's talk about some of the scheduled releases. Big, big games, especially week one. What stands out to me, the Bears, the Chicago Bears, We know, great defense that they have led by Khalil Mack and also Akeem Hicks. They travel and they take their talent to L.A., take the Los Angeles Rams, the number one scoring defense, number one overall defense last year, led by two all pros, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. Enough said. (laughs) 99 and 20. Now, Mike, one of the biggest, biggest games that is in week one that came out this week. A lot of storylines. Is Justin Field going to be the starting quarterback for the Bears? I believe they, they they picked the right guy. They finally got the right guy to play quarterback for them. It's a tall task to tell him to go week one in L.A. to be able to try to get around Aaron Donald's lap and with a weak offensive line and then throw against that back end with Ramsey, led by Ramsey and those guys. So that's an intriguing matchup to me week one. That's a that's a big test, not only for the Rams but also for the Bears too, to see where these two teams are at.
0: Definitely, definitely is. I, I'm 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 gonna tell you which game I'm I'm definitely looking forward to because because you're right that Bears that, that Bears Rams game. If you paid attention to that game, step over the last few years, it's been a defensive struggle every single time. They have played each other for the last couple of years, uh, each time in the regular season, and each defense is just trading three and outs, trading. Big plays and right. it, just, it just turns into a struggle. So I'm looking forward to it being yet another defensive struggle, along along with the young the young guy Justin Fields making plays and doing his thing. But some of the games that stand out to me, especially we host versus the Colts, because I'm interested to see what Carson Wentz looks like in this new Indianapolis Colts team at home, going against Russell Wilson and this uh, this performance Seahawks team. So that that battle is very intriguing to me. Also, I want to see the Cowboys Buccaneers. Uh, Home opener, like the season open. I want to see what this uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers team looks like, returning all of their starters from last year, all of their all, all of their guys from last year. Just about uh, going against this uh, high high powered offensive Cowboys team. We know how fired up the Cowboys usually get for week one of of the NFL season. Um, so I, I'm I'm very I'm very excited to see the Cowboys versus the Bucks and that that whole that whole dynamic to start the season. Yeah, I agree with you. I want to touch back
1: to uh to, to what I was talking about with the Rams. You know how I feel about Matthew Stafford, right? Right. You know, I know he's got all of the, you know You've been very high
0: on him, sebby You've been very, very low,
1: very, very low on him. Very low on him, Mike. Oh. Very low on him. Not not a Matt Stafford guy. Obviously, I don't think he's been the same since Calvin Johnson. Now it, it's oh, I mean okay. when you have a robot like that on the outside, I mean, it's in like Megatron, it's nearly impossible not to have stats, but I'm not saying the brother can't play, but here's my thing, Mike. Franchise leaders in completion percentage, passing yards, and and touchdowns with the Detroit Lions. Okay, I I get that, but a lot of those, he was behind for a lot of those times, a lot of those games in playing catch-up. And sometimes you get lost in Detroit. Now, (laughs) you guys are going to see what I was talking about, Matthew Stafford. There's no hiding in 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 los angeles the bright lights are on you not only that the nfl is going to schedule prime time games for the national uh tv games for the national audience to see who the real matt stafford is i'm not saying the guy can't play but no playoff wins ever in his career for all of those stats that he had in detroit and then for some reason sean mcveigh who i don't question his is his, his moves because i do know i think he knows football he thinks that a 32-year-old Matthew Stafford is the guy. So we're gonna see. So my advice for 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 uh, uh, Matt Stafford, Mike, is I want to bring fuel to him. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, right? Because you were in Detroit, and and you might have gotten a pass since you know the days after Megatron is retired. You haven't really had any weapons on the offensive side, nor the defensive side, you have Aaron Donald. Now you have Jalen Ramsey, you have Michael Brockers right on the defensive side. Now on offense, you have cooks, you have woods, you have guys like Cooper cup coming back. Right. So prove me wrong. If, if, if you really are that good, prove me wrong because this isn't, you're not in Detroit anymore. You're in Los Angeles. You're going to get primetime games on TV. And People are gonna see if you've changed. So I, I wish the best for Matt Stafford, and, and that's 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 one of the things that I, I want to see with the Rams this year. How how he performs
0: too. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I will say about Matt Stafford is that when when it comes to his his resume and his career, one of the things that saves him is the fact that he played in Detroit, and we all know what Detroit has done to legends in the past. Uh, obviously, Barry Sanders and things like that. Barry Sanders is, as we know, one of the greatest running backs we've ever seen. But he never won a championship, and he never got no big time playoff recognition because he played in Detroit. Detroit. Matthew Stafford is kind of the same way in some sense. I'm not. I'm not comparing him to Barry Sanders in that in that way because he was nowhere near that. But I will say that when you look at his numbers. And you look at his production, Matthew Stafford is a, is, a, is a little underrated when you think about what he brings to the table. It gets hidden what he brings to the table in Detroit because of, because of the weapons around him, the team around him. He actually is a better quarterback than advertised and what people think. How, now, you're right. This is the opportunity in L.A. to prove everybody wrong, prove everybody wrong, that, that you are that guy. And I'm with you. And I, I understand he's been in the league for 12 years, and he's, he's almost 12 years. He's 32 years old. At the end of the day, you still can throw. You still, you still can make those throws. You still can make it happen. You're not, you're not, you haven't fallen off like that. This is, this is an opportunity for you to, to go out there and make it happen. And I believe Matthew Stafford will make it happen with this team because of the pieces that are surrounded around him. Uh, he, he will be put in more successful situations than he ever was in Detroit. So Matthew Stafford, I, I do feel like, can be a little underappreciated at times with what he brings to the table. But like you said, this is your opportunity to show it in L.A. And I'm with you, and I believe he will.
1: No more excuses there for for Matt Stafford's things to come. Two other marquee matchups that stand out to me: Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. Right. The only thing is, is one if is we coming. <laughs> week one, week we nine. In week nine, Mike. One is coming to the ball. The the other one, we, we're not sure. <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers, right? So he may have packed his suitcase, but we don't know if he's gonna stay with the Packers. But if he does, <laughs> that's obviously gonna be a marquee matchup there for sure. The last time they played. um, Matt Moore was quarterback for the Chiefs and not Aaron Rodgers. So Good. we'll actually, for the first time, see Mahomes and Rodgers, what I believe is probably going to be a, a duel for one of the ages. And, of course, we can't forget about Buccaneers and Patriots, Mike. Tom Brady going back to Foxborough, right? Back to the the, the home that he built, right? He basically built that franchise, six Super Bowl uh, Lombardi trophies, nine Super Bowl appearances, Right, We know what Bill and Brady represents. He's going back home, fresh off winning the Super Bowl. I think Belichick was mad. He's saying, no longer this year will teams be able to run the football down our throats. We beefed up our defensive line, bringing in guys like Matthew Judon. Now we understand why Dante Hightower comes back, Patrick Chung. So reinforcements are coming back from New England. What I think, Mike, is a dark horse playoff team. Um, so I, I believe that Bill was kind of has a salty taste in his mouth seeing Tom Tommy win that 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 7th uh, Lombardi trophy so I, I think that might be the most expensive ticket this season mike but no. the bucks at at new england on sunday night football week 4 that's got to be one of the biggest biggest games maybe
0: in the century not even just this year that's that's going to be a great ball game and we're definitely looking forward to it another another two games i want to bring up one I do want to bring up that Jacksonville-Cincinnati game, the battle of the last two number one overall picks going against each other. I am intrigued to see Trevor Lawrence versus Joe Burrow yeah. this year. The uh, national title rematch. Yep. That's it, right. You know what I mean? So it's, it's going to be interesting to see those guys go. Ahead. And as a Giants fan, I'm biased. But you know where I'm going with this. You know where I'm going. I can't wait until we play Philly. We I, I, The first time we play him. We stomping them out. I can't wait till we play the Philadelphia Eagles. Every Giants fan feels me on this one. We want the Eagles. We wanted them week one. The NFL didn't want to see a massacre, so they put it in the second half of the season. We know what time it would have been if we have played the Eagles week one, but it's okay. It's okay. We'll, we'll see them when we see them. But when we play the Eagles, just know it's going to be a lot of animosity behind that game. Both of them. I'll tell you that right now.
1: A lot of animosity. Wow. A lot of
0: animosity. Every, Giants fan, every Giants fan knows what I'm talking about. If you know, you know. <laughs> So the Giants,
1: the Giants gear up for the Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. That's what I'm hearing,
0: Mike. We gear up for we gear up for both teams every year, but this year we are gonna put a little extra on it. It's a little extra. It's a little extra sum behind this one against the Philadelphia Eagles. We owe them. We owe them something.
1: You guys owe them
0: something. <laughs> we owe them some work. We owe
1: them some work. We're on something for making you guys lose, miss the playoffs last year. I I I, I hear it, Mike. I hear And grabbed
0: grabbed grab Devonte right before we was gonna grab him. Uh, you know what time it Sevy, Sevy. We grabbed cadavia Tony. Did Le- that let you know right there that Dave Gutterman had plans of getting the receiver? Right, right. You know what right. I mean? So, so, you know, you knew who he was going to get if they didn't go at number 10, but it's all right because we got, you know, the universe works in mysterious ways. We play him again. We'll play him twice this year.
1: Well, well, Kenny Galladay, you guys still got Evan Ingram. There's still some guys that, uh, that offense and Saquon Barkley. He's, he's coming back. So,
0: absolutely. <laughs>
1: that the, the, bark, the bark guy, the, the guy that's going to bark. The, don't let okay. the dog bark at you. So <laughs> we'll see, we'll see um, what happens. Twice a year that the Eagles and the Giants will face, obviously, in the NFC East division. When we come back, Mike, we get and gear up for the stretch, the home run time. And that is the NBA playoffs. We'll start off with the play-in tournament and see how everything's shaping up with only three games. Some teams have two games left. The winding down to the nba regular season we'll talk about what happened and move on from there the sebi podcast radio show We are back here inside studios, the, our second and final segment here today on the Tebby Podcast radio show. We shift things to the NBA, Mike. Season is about to wind down here on the regular season of the NBA. We know that things are changed, right? They're, they're sticking to what they did in the bubble in the play-in tournament before we have the playoffs. Lots of teams have already clenched playoff berths. Lots of teams are also clenched playoff in tournament, play-in tournament berths. So lots of things to talk about, Mike. Lots of teams are heating up. The Miami Heat, winners of 11 of their last 13, heating up at the right time. Are they prime, Mike, to make another deep postseason run in the Eastern Conference? The New York Knicks, they haven't been relevant since 2013, since Carmelo Anthony, their last uh, uh, playoff berth. They clinched last night with Boston, losing in the Western Conference, the Los Angeles Lakers, and also the... Uh, uh, Memphis Grizzlies and the Warriors are all in, in the play-in tournament. Meanwhile, the Blazers and the Mavs are steady fast. Up top, we also have shifts in one and two. Now the Suns are one game back of the Utah Jazz, by virtue of the Jazz losing last night, with only three games to play. So can the, can the Suns make another run to get that top seed in the East of the Western Conference, or will they still be at two? And then they're shifting back and forth at three and four in the West. Will Denver get the three seed, or will it be the Clippers? Lots of things to discuss with only three games to play, Mike.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely is. Uh, I'm interested to see who's going to finish one out of the uh, Western Conference because it's going to be interesting whether or not Golden State or the Lakers or whoever comes out of that playing tournament is going to have to face that number one matchup, whether it's uh, Utah or Phoenix. It's going to be interesting to see. But, yeah, uh, yeah, we have a lot of storylines, a lot of headlines uh, on both sides of the ball. This is going to be one of the – most interesting and most uh, highly anticipated playoffs in a while because of of all the stakes that every team has to play for. Like, this is the breaking point for a lot of teams about, you know, who's going to stay on the team, who's going to – is this going to work shift-wise? Like, a a lot of these teams in the league have something to prove. It seems like everybody has something to prove, which is going to make everybody that much more motivated to go. These playoffs that we got coming up. This uh this this extra season we're about to have is gonna be something one for the books. I'm I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yep, I'm definitely looking forward to that.
0: There for sure. Let's talk about some of these teams, right? The New York Knicks,
1: we'll start off with the Eastern Conference. The Knicks, the Miami Heat, they're juggling for four or five. Even the Atlanta Hawks clinching last night. They're first in, since 2017. All three teams are vying for that top four seed. It's 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 kind of it's funny, Mike, because we got three teams in the and four, five, and six battling for home court, that last home court spot in the Eastern
0: Conference. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, it's gonna get tight. It's gonna get tight because we, we we see what the Knicks are doing. Even the games on this West Coast road trip the Knicks just had, even in games that we saw we saw them lose, they were highly competitive. Now maybe not against the Phoenix Suns to some degree, but but they were highly competitive for majority of their uh, matchups that they went. It's gonna be interesting because the Hawks. The Hawks just been Milwaukee. Two tough games back to back, and that 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 really that really gave them life. Then, then as as far as the a seating at, at the number four spot, Miami has been on the tear as of late, especially since they got Jimmy Butler back right around All Star break. They've been on the tear, uh, playing very good basketball, getting their legs under them after a short off season. So it's going to be a tight race between those two. Uh, the four and five matchups. We'll see, we'll see we'll see who ends up there. The Hawks versus the Heat potentially, or the Hawks versus the Knicks. Or uh, you know we'll see we'll see, we'll see how that goes, but the all I know one thing all three of those teams would like to avoid the 6th seed. They all of them would like to be either fourth or fifth. That way they go against each other, and they would avoid the Bucks or the Nets. Right. That's
1: that's, 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 the, key. The, that's the key. That's right the key right there. That's the key because the,
0: you don't want to face Milwaukee in that first round. Yep. Right. Avoid the 6th seed, so you want to worry about Milwaukee or potentially Brooklyn. Yep. I would I'd agree there with that there for sure. The
1: Knicks, number one in the NBA, guarding the three. Yep. So that's huge, especially in the playoffs, where you can run people off the three-point line, force them inside, and, and then to, to trade threes for twos. And so they've been excellent on defense. But the Miami Heat, Mike, is the team that's caught my eye. Sadly, it's gone to the hands of my beloved Boston Celtics. But, <laughs> I mean, Tyler Hero, he's back in form. None has stepped up. Dragic is looking like the bubble Dragic. And then we know what type of leader Jimmy Butler is, and what type of closer he is. If the games get tight, Bam Adebayo is playing very well. This team is rounding the form, and I wouldn't be surprised again if they were to knock off one of those top two, top three seeds again in the Eastern Conference and another run for the uh, NBA Finals. Because the Heat culture, we talk about it, right? We see Shaq and Dwayne Wade, and some of these, all these guys talk about it, with, led by uh, Eric Spoelstra. Um, we know we know what the Heat culture is, and that's a team you do not want to face at
0: all. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's a team. It's a team with confidence because you've seen them do it last year. This is pretty much relatively the same team with a few more, a, few, uh, a bit more pieces added to the table. This, uh, this team is poised and geared for one of those crazy runs. And because of the confidence, having the confidence, knowing that you did it last year, knowing that you can do it again. Uh, going against some of those top teams uh, if the matchups present itself for you and, and, they, and they and they even outright yeah you could make an, see another run potentially for Miami now now to your New york next point this next team not only we know what Tom Thibodeau uh, brings to the table uh as far as what his his defensive schemes and stuff and his mentality but this the, you, I'm more impressed with how fast these guys have bought in they bought in uh big time and it came all, all, as the season progressed you know they've evolved as the season's gone on by just continuing to play hard and and, and re- reap the benefits of it, get continuously get wins. Sometimes you get wins against some 500 teams or teams that are not on that elite level, but you continue to gather them up and muster up uh, consistent wins over and over again. You're building confidence as a team, and that's what you've seen the Knicks do week by week, uh, game by game. You saw it uh, in, in the whole month of uh, April. They, they, they had a very good month of April. Uh, played some good basketball. Even had a nine-game winning streak. You start to get wins over and over again. The confidence starts to build, and we're starting to see that confidence build with the New York Knicks. That defense is keeping them in games, and they are winning offensively by committee, passing the ball all around, uh, relying on some of the bench players. These guys, as a team, are really playing hard and coming together, and uh, it's, it's it's really fun to see. In this era, in this era of superstars, you know that are teamed up and stuff. It's it's fun to see a team that's on the map that has no superstars. At, uh, on it. Well, I,
1: I, I would argue Jimmy, but I think he's a superstar. But, no, I'm yeah. talking about the Knicks. Oh, the Knicks. The Knicks. Yeah, the Knicks. The Knicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Borderline all star.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah but, absolutely.
1: Budding, budding star. Let's just put it that way. He's also a budding star. Let's go from the top six down to the play in tournament team. Sadly, my beloved Boston Celtics.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, we're locked in in that play in tournament. We still got stuff to, to take care of, Mike, because it's not for sure that we're going to have. The opportunity to play that play-in round at home. If we were to go on the road, I think it's 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 a done deal. we would be out. We need home court in that play-in tournament to solidify our chances into a playoff spot. Charlotte is in, and also the Pacers are in. Now your Wizards, Mike, your Wizards. Red Hot Beal and also Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. Those two guys have been special. Let's talk about Russell Westbrook, my dear. The, the modern-day Uh, Oscar Robinson, what he did earlier on this week, right, on Monday against the Pacers. Um, 182 triple-doubles, never been done, ever, surpassing the great Oscar Robinson himself. Just just a great milestone in his own, but the Wizards got some work to do themselves as well because little did you know the Chicago Bulls are right in their tails. They've lost two straight, and the Bulls, they've gained ground a little bit, so it's going to be interesting in this play-in tournament. Um, with these last four teams to get
0: in. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The Washington Wizards, they did, uh, uh, congrats to Russell Wilson, excuse me, Russell Westbrook for, um, uh, eclipsing Oscar Robinson for the all time triple double, uh, double lead on Monday against, against the Hawks. It was, it was, um, it was impressive to see and I was glad that he, I was happy he did it in Washington. But, um, these last two wins, these last two losses are hurts the most heavy because they were nail biters, down to the wire games that could have easily gone, gone. Gone our way, but they didn't. But they didn't, and it would have been crucial to get them without Bradley Beal uh, playing. I know he got hurt against uh, the Pacers on Saturday, but uh, you're right. These two, these this two game slide that we that the Wizards have been on has definitely uh, um, uh, uh, hurt to some degree because you know those are two games they easily could have gotten. They could have moved moved them up in the slots even more. So um, you know, lost the momentum the game from beating the Pacers on Saturday, but like you said, you got to you got to regroup. Couple games left, knock these games out, keep Chicago off your tails. You still control your destiny to be in the play in as long as we're in the tournament with these two guys at the backcourt. I yeah, I, I like my chances against anybody.
1: Yeah, and I, I would agree there as well. That'd be the Pacers, the nine and ten seed. I would actually favor the uh Wizards in that matchup um there as well to get that last playoff spot and <laughs> the for your great overall seed, for your number one overall seed, your reward is to play Beal and Wall in the first round. Oh, excuse me, Beal and, and Westbrook in the first round. I'm still getting accustomed to, to that Beal and Westbrook backcourt. Let's go to the Western Conference, Mike. Um, a, a lot of the narrative has been, you know, I don't know, it's tough for the for 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 the Lakers. The Lakers, they're just sitting at the seventh spot, and little do you know, Steph Curry, the Human Torch. He's sitting at that eight spot. Although the Lakers would have that game in LA if they were to match up, being the higher seed, but you gotta play. A <laughs> I don't think nobody on planet Earth is hotter than Curry right now, and so you 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 are gonna get a healthy LeBron James. Supposedly, you're gonna get AD back. He's been playing very well as of late. Shoulders should be back along with Taylen Horton Tucker. I think that should be enough. But, whew, boy, I tell you. You're playing against the hottest guy on planet Earth right now. Draymond has been playing very, very well, as well as Andrew Wiggins, as well, Mike. So that's going to be fantastic, and I think that's going to be good for the league, for the NBA, Lakers and Warriors in a play-in tournament.
0: Yeah, to LeBron versus Steph Curry going at it once again, that 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 would remind them how of the greatness that we saw for five years straight in the finals. Is uh, it would it would it would definitely be or for four years, excuse me, it it would definitely be interesting. To to see that matchup because, like you say, it would be one game. That's not a seven-game series. Steph Curry can get hot and crazy, and any anybody can be beat in a one-game series. So that that that's the most intriguing part about it is how intensified that game was going to be on both sides of the ball. So I, I would look, I would be looking forward to it if we get it. Uh, like I'm I'm glad you brought up Andrew Wiggins because I think he's somebody that's gotten lost in all of this. He he's he's been having having a a, a pretty damn good season this year. And especially this latter part, uh, after All-Star break and what he's done, especially in filling in during times when Steph was injured, he was out of the lineup. And it was times where Andrew had to carry the load offensively to some wins, and he's done that this year. Uh, I've been very impressed with what I've seen from Andrew Wiggins. Had a big game, uh, 17 for 23, 38 points against the Phoenix Suns the <laughs> other day. Put on in a show, actually kept him in the game in the first half. Uh, so I like what I'm seeing from Wiggins. We know what we're going to get from Steph. I'm not worried about Steph and Draymond and guys like that. Jordan Poole steps up, uh, 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 you know, Tisano Anderson, Tiscano Anderson, guys like that. This Warriors team is, is young, hungry, feisty, and they have length on the defensive side. They're a very sneaky defensive team. So that's why I feel like the Warriors would be a sneaky team too. But uh, the Lakers, the Lakers Warriors would be interesting. Um, I, I, <laughs> we all would want to see that.
1: Yep, definitely, definitely. I think the, the national national audience would like to see that. And, of course, we got Memphis at that ninth spot against the Spurs. They would have home court in Grind City. Uh, John Morant, he's trying to make amends for what happened last year in, in the bubble, being able to get in the playing tournament and not close the deal against the Blazers last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be a very interesting matchup for the eighth spot in the uh, conference there force sure year in the Western Conference. When you look at the top six, Mike, what stands out to you? Denver's been steady, even without Jamal Murray. I think a lot of people has counted them out, but they've been excellent. We know what the Jazz and the Phoenix Suns have been, the top two records in, in in the NBA. They've been batting Nick and Nick, tick and tick, back and forth with that. And then the Clippers. There's always the Clippers looking to, to uh, you know, maybe they got something to prove this year. So, Uh, with the additions of Rondo and acquiring him uh, at the deadline. So what are you looking at at that top six?
0: Uh, uh, That's a couple of things that's been very impressive to me. One is is how steady Utah has been and how they've climbed their way all the way to the number one spot with Donovan Mitchell missing some games that he's missed. Uh, Still staying afloat and and, and like that and still staying in that conversation. That's been pretty impressive to, uh, to say the least uh also what I want to say I'm going to bring up something about the clippers that I don't think they're talking about enough the the Los Angeles Clippers have um I don't believe they have anybody on their team that's shooting under 42% from three point range yeah that's, that's like true. historic that's amazing that's historic. Like yeah. the efficiency that these guys are shooting from the three point line is his.
1: what and then next thing you know he's he's on he's already in MVP con- contention so my pick would be Jokic
0: I and I'm not mad at that at all. I wouldn't even be mad if he gets it. I feel like he should be rewarded for having a phenomenal season he's having. So it it can go either way for me. I'm not mad. The only thing I the only points I wouldn't make on that is that Jamal Murray in the regular season is not the same Jamal Murray we see in the postseason. So his effect in the regular season isn't as dominant as it is in the postseason. So with that depth on the Denver on the Denver uh, Nuggets side, you 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 can see how you know him not being there. Doesn't affect them as much as it would have if it was in the postseason. If, if you follow where I'm coming from, because we just don't see the same Jamal Murray, and, you know, in, in, on both sides. And also, what I would say is that you know the, argue, the same argument can be made that Joel makes a, a bigger impact on the defensive side as well, outside of what Jokic does. Absolutely. So that that, that that can be a another another uh, you know nod towards Embiid as well. So you can go either way for me because they're both having that great of seasons but I would still give the slight nod to Joel Embiid.
1: Yep, I would agree there for sure. In fact, the Sixers, Mike, have two players in contention for defensive play of the year. Joel
0: Embiid <laughs> and Ben
1: Simmons. <laughs> well, that, That's that's the main reason that, why Philadelphia's catapulted catapulting themselves to top seed in the Eastern Conference. Those two guys have elevated their game offensively, but they've been suffocating defensively. That's, that's what they've held themselves up on. That wraps it up this week for our show.
0: Mike, Take it away. This is the time where you get your closing arguments. We know what time it is. It's that time of the year. We should have been in this situation right now, but because of COVID, we're not here right now. And I talked, I alluded to it earlier in the show, and I'm going to talk about it right now. We're a few days away from the NBA playoffs. A few day, a few days away from the NBA play-in, leading into the NBA playoffs coming coming the following week. People, basketball fans all around get your popcorn ready please do because what you're going to see is a plethora of storylines a plethora of media takes you're going to see this this is going to be a roller coaster ride of events stay tuned this these playoffs are going to be one of the best playoffs we've seen in a long time for all my NBA fans all my basketball lovers out there stay tuned this this NBA playoffs will be must see television and to be honest with you one of the reasons why it will be must see television is because when you boil it down Any team can be beat. Any team can be beat. Any team that's in these playoffs coming up can be beat. There really is no clear-cut favorite. I don't care what they say. There's no clear-cut favorite this year, and that's the most anticipating and enticing part about it. So, all my basketball lovers, if you feel me, just get your popcorn ready and understand that you're in for a treat this year, and uh, history will be made. This will be a historic playoff run this year.
1: It will be a historic playoff there for sure. You guys heard it first from mike and that wraps up our show this week on the w podcast radio show we'll see you guys next week on a special playoff edition mm. of the podcast radio show we'll see you guys next time hey everyone we're excited just as much as you guys tonight if you enjoyed this show and frankly even some of our other episodes as well if you want to show your appreciation for the show ensure that you leave us a rating and a review in our iTunes and Spotify. And remember, you can stay locked in here and connected. Sebbypodcast.info link for the latest news, articles, interviews, and much more. And remember, wherever you're listening on air or online, the Sebby Podcast is wherever you go.